101. Oh, 101. Very exciting. Very fun. We here and we back for another week of fun with exciting news. We have a new patron. No. (gasps) And their name is Kat. Kat. Yeah. Oh my God. We love love this. And I love Where's it going, Em? Dude. Cat. Cat's an ankle tat. That's Am I good. right? That's good. Question. What? Yes. Inside of the ankle or the outside? Outside. Oh, yeah. You got to wrap it. people got to see the cat. Yeah. You know? In or out. And I it's mean, gonna, left or right. And it's going to be <laughs> vertical. Oh. So it's almost oh, like, that. right? It's almost like it's like on the calf, on yeah. the ankle. Okay. Kind it's of like, um, okay, okay. Maybe old century gothic. Uh, that is exactly what I was thinking. I love it's that. Gonna be, it's going to be a heavy line. It's going to be thick. Thick boy. So you know she means business. Yeah. Yeah. Just I straight love cat. That. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, we love you, cat. You're Thank a freaking you. rock star and an angel. And that's that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, so exciting. Um, also another bit of news, we sold out of our candles again with our friends, <gasps> Pearl Candle Company, uh, but I'm Pearl. told there is a restock coming. So yes. keep your eyes peeled. I just made a big order with them and I cannot wait for my candles to come in. I'm so excited. Honestly, my I have some things in my cart. Favorite company ever. I need to get more candles too. Cause I'm almost out of mine. And I can't wait for that restock because I need the ladies on the veranda as uh, soon as yes. possible. So mm-hmm. good. I was waiting for the Fruit Loops one to come back in mm-hmm. to make my order because I was like, damn, that sounds delightful. So Delish. I'm mm-hmm. pumped for my order to come. All right. <sighs> it's going to be smelling good. The Golden Ghouls one, I have just like maybe like, two, yeah, just a teeny bit, but I. I don't want to burn. I don't want to use it all yet. Totally. Like, all right, this is going to be for a special occasion or when I'm having a rainy day, a rainy bad day, and I need to just be cheered up. I'm going to light that bitch. That's yep. me with the pumpkin one right now. I'm like mm-hmm. savoring it. It's so delightful. good. So good. Ah, oh, we love it. We love candles. And we are the golden ghouls. <laughs> Alyssa. <laughs> Kylie. Emily. And it's time to get spooky. Where are we going today? We're going to freaking Arizona as Tuesday recommended during the Q&A. And we said, why the hell not? It's spooky there. It's about Tuesday. Am I right? Hell yeah. And today I found out that I'm going to be going to Arizona most likely in August. We'll see what happens with COVID, but yeah. So I'm gonna have to check out some of these places when I go. You definitely have to. I'm ready to get spooked. You could take the 18 hour drive to Arizona like I once did. Ooh. I think I'll pass. I have the worst time in cars with my horrible back. Oh yeah, this is true. We'll see. I'll kick things off with a spooky one, okay? Love it. Okay. This is the Hotel Congress in Tucson. Ooh. So this place looks 
So cute. Their website, like the front page is basically a video tour of their front lobby. And they're not playing jokes with this haunting stuff because their coffee board, their coffee table is a Ouija board. Oh no. Yo. It's Are the coasters the planchette? You know what? I didn't see all that. I just saw the table. That's a Ouija board, but I wouldn't be surprised. And they even have stories of the hauntings available on their website. So they like clearly play into this. A lot of hotels like try to act like it's not a thing, but they are living for it. And I love and support that. I do too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it was built in 1918 and designed by the Los Angeles architectural firm William and Alexander Curlett as part of of an expansion of the Congress Street area. They built it at the same time as the uh, venue Rialto Theater. So basically it's the town's hotspot. The hotel itself actually has a club in it. It's called Club Congress or something to that effect. And it's it the bands come through it pops off so this is the hot spot the hotel Mm -hmm. though is known for being the site of the capture of bank robber and gangster john dillinger in 1934 oh did you know yes so setting the scene it was january 22nd 1934 and this fire started in the basement and spread up to the third floor where the gang was actually residing under aliases. So the desk clerk contacted them through the switchboard to let people know, like, hey, there's a fire. We need to pe- we need people to get out. So the gang yeah. escaped by these aerial ladders. And then some of the gang members, not so smart, asked the firemen to retrieve their luggage for them. So the firemen actually figured out who they really were based on their luggage. Like these idiots got themselves (laughs) caught. Wow. (laughs) So they got them. They transferred them to a jail in Indiana where Dillinger escaped. And we all know he eventually got shot in Chicago. But he was initially captured at this hotel, which is pretty cool. So people say, like, they get vibes that he might still be there. He's cursing this place he's like this it was bitch his. This yes hotel. Yeah. so for the hauntings there is room 242 and she is known as the lady in the white dress we know so many ladies in white dresses we really people do people say you get chills just stepping into this room in arizona so mm. like what's happening it's spooky cold That's, yeah there there's something there Yeah, they say the room has a troubled past, and guests have reportedly had many ghostly experiences while staying there. Most people have reported that they feel uneasy, but some people have actually been awoken at night by a woman in a long white dress sitting at the foot of their bed. (gasps) Sitting while they're, like, in the bed. This same woman has actually been seen on the main stairwell and people have smelled a rose scented perfume from time to time, which they've started Mm -hmm. to associate with this woman in the white dress. Mm -hmm. Who is she? Then there's room 214. There's a ghost in the window. So quite a few guests have actually reported seeing a man in a seersucker suit in the window of this room down in the plaza, they'll look up and they see him. But every time 
They've reported it to staff. Someone has gone up there and the room has been completely vacant. He's also rumored to roam the hallways and sometimes he taps guests on the shoulder to get their attention. <laughs> I thought you were going to say sometimes he tap dances. And I was going to say, I mean, in that seer sucker suit, I'm not surprised. He's getting down, honey. Uh. And then there is room 220. They call it Vince's room because this man named Vince worked and lived at the Congress Hotel for 36 years before his passing in 2001. They said he was a very disciplined man who did the same routine every day. Wake up, go downstairs, get coffee with a small plate, a butter knife, and a bagel. And then he'd come back upstairs and leave the dirty cup and plate outside of his room. So upon passing... Housekeepers and guests started finding restaurant butter knives outside the room and in <laughs> random places on the property. Well, I mean, if I were a ghost, I might, I'd probably go carb crazy as well. Cause you know, like, yeah. where is it going to go? Bagels, bagels, bagels. Yeah. And All you, day, every you day. Need bagels that butter and butter for your carbs. You're going to need it. So I found a few guest reviews online and um, a lot of people, there are so many that mention the hauntings. Uh, This one says that it's central to a bunch of bars, lounges, and breweries. This place was awesome. I'm definitely going back. As far as being haunted, we went to turn on the ceiling fan lamp and the glass cover dropped and shattered before we got near it. I'll take that as a probably haunted hotel. The front desk took care of it right away. So, like, imagine you're going, like, they said aloud to themselves, I'm going to turn the light off or whatever they said, and then it just fucking drops. Spooky. No, thanks. Uh, Someone says, we stayed in a notoriously haunted room, and at 4 a.m., the water in the bathroom sink came on by itself. Tricky. He was washing the butter off of his hands. (laughs) Got to get that butter off, baby. And this person says, I didn't see any ghosts, so the hotel is reported to be haunted. One of the photos upstairs in the upstairs hallway, though, did capture an orb, so who knows? So I don't know. I'm going to say... I'm going to say spooked. Spooky? People, go check it out. Let us know. If you've stayed there, is it spooky? Did you see anything? Yeah. Good kill. I think spooky. I think so. Well, I got a weird tale. Okay. This one is uh, more of an old ghost story, but I think it's going to be fun for you guys and the people because it ends pretty oddly. So this is the red ghost of Arizona. (gasps) She's red. Red. I know. Not white for once. Very exciting. We're off to a great start. Truly. So... I owe my uh, information from True West Magazine, so thank you to the people there. Great story. <laughs> my cat's clawing the couch right now, but so don't pay attention <laughs> to any of that. Okay, so the Red Ghost of Arizona. In 1883, at a lonely ranch in Eagle Creek near Arizona in the New Mexico border, a woman was found dead, you guys. She no. looked like she had been stomped to death by some sort of, like, a beast. It was, like, something they had never seen before, you know? The people mm-hmm. in the town, they started to say that it was done by, like, this 
this thing that they had seen like glimpses of. It was like this red haired, crazy looking creature. And they said that there was something attached to this thing, like on the top of it. It was like, it wasn't just a beast. There was like a devilish sort of thing on top of this, on top of this beast, you know? And so it was really weird. They were terrified. People were horrified. I mean, he had, they had, it had killed a woman, stomped her to death, you know? And then one night there was like a party of people like camping out and they were awoken to these thundering sound of hooves and like people started screaming and apparently it was Paul Revere. <laughs> no, Sorry. dude, it was the red ghost, man. He had, he had stampeded through this camp and was stomping these people and just, uh-huh. and just leaving all its red hair tracks behind, you know, <laughs> it was terrifying. This bitch they're may like, drop in his weave. Thing? And they're only catching glimpses, right? So again, they're like, we don't know what it is. It's a beast. It's killing our people. It's got red hair and there is something on top of it that looks like the devil. <laughs> that's all they're saying you know is it me <laughs> dude you're too Alyssa, gorgeous is it you? like there's this beautiful right. woman running through our camp they would be chasing you <laughs> right so um these these like sudden deadly and mysterious appearance appearances of this like creature just kept happening to the point that some people were like saying they witnessed it eat and like just murder this grizzly bear which like what you know stories like grew and grew until like probably about a decade went by and there was this rancher and he was awoken in the morning by like the sound of something in his garden he looks out what is it the red ghost is munching on his cabbage so he's on like what <laughs> He's munching on his what? <laughs> his his, his cabbage. <laughs> cabbage. Cabbage. Oh my gosh. He getting his cabbage cabbage munched. Okay. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. So he was he was in the garden, right? And this guy was like, "Oh heck no, this is my chance." He grabs his trusty Winchester and drops the ghost with one shot, y'all. So once down, this rancher has the courage to just go up and examine his victim, right? And what does he find? Uh-huh. It's a camel. What? You're that's kidding a, that's me. That's a plot twist. <laughs> it's a camel. It's okay. a camel? It's a camel. Yeah, but here's the deal, y'all. The poor camel, Mr. Red Ghost, he, uh, back in the day, these top, Topographical, sorry, that's a hard word. Engineers used to use these camels to survey this wagon road that was like along this uh, 35th parallel from Albuquerque to LA. And they would use these camels to do that. And apparently, after they were done with them, they either auctioned the camels off or they just dispersed them into wherever they were and at the time it happened to be western arizona so they just let these camels loose to roam the land and like as you can imagine in the 1800s like people in arizona never saw camels really 
You know, so they're like, alone a ginger camel. The good hell is this, you know, like crazy beasts, like you can imagine. But that's how Mr. Red Ghost got onto this land. But here's where it gets crazy. Because if you remember, people said this beast had a devilish creature on its back when it was attacking people, right? You remember? Well, Mr. Red Ghost did, you guys. The animal was found with his back badly scarred because there was like a rawhide that was attached to him that was holding the body of a dead man. Ooh, what? Yes. And he was skeleton he was a skeleton at this point. So it was Holy de- shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like really skinny. He was attached to the camel. So like either uh, either somebody put him there or just some mysterious thing happened. But the question now remains, was this camel attacking on its own or was the camel being possessed by this devil mm. skeleton man right in his back? It's a good cue. That is the question that we are all asking. That's what I'm asking. What a sight. Imagine being high and seeing that. Terrifying. <laughs> Just like a skeleton hanging off of a camel. He was straight Just right like in f- that camel. Flapping in the wind. As I'm the camel terrified runs. of my own face when I'm high. I can't imagine. Honestly. <laughs> <Can't> imagine. <laughs> you yes. know what? I bet that's something I'm going to randomly think of the next time I'm high. <laughs> Freaking insane. Wish us luck, y'all. Speaking of drugs and bad things. <laughs> We would never. We would never. Let's talk about prison. Okay. Going over to Yuma Territorial Prison. We're going to drop some history, as per usual. From 1876 to 1909, this prison housed about 3,000, a little more than 3,000 men and women uh, convicted of crimes uh, around Arizona Territory. So... Something weird. The first inmates that entered uh, in July of 1876, they had to construct their own cells with rock. Yeah. Isn't that weird? You're like, hey, you're imprisoned. However, if you want privacy or your own little cell, build it yourself. Hmm. Or I don't know if that was the deal or if maybe they were, that was like their job. I, I don't know if it was labor I don't know, but it shut down September 15th, 1909, and it actually became um, a temporary school, Yuma High School. So the joke around around town is that the students were called criminals, um, proudly so. The students and alumni, they're like, yeah, I was a criminal at Yuma High School. So that's cute. That's, you know, that's what the kids say. <laughs> so just want to let you guys know. Um, but down to the spooky, the spooky stuff. Many moons ago, a young girl in a red dress. This oh. episode is just the red zone. I We're talking that. red, you know, Finally, so a little girl in a red dress, sadly drowned in the Colorado river when she was trying to retrieve a toy, um, possibly a doll. So this bit right here now haunts the Yuma Territory Historic Prison. And if she doesn't like a visitor or a person 
who is wearing red, the little girl will pinch the visitor. So the first time I read this, I read pinch as punch, and I was like, dang. (laughs) She's hard. (laughs) This little girl. (laughs) But still, pinching, it's a little more like passive aggressive, but it gets the job done. Um, Fun fact. The so USA Today readers they voted that this historic prison is the best haunted destination in the nation. So the the city the town of Yuma actually voted for this. So okay, cool, fun fact. Yeah, uh, but over the years there have been many many accounts of paranormal activity. Uh, according to YumaHeritage.com, the park manager Mike Gerton. Uh, He says that souls basically become trapped in the prison. So, at least, to his knowledge, at least one prisoner hanged himself in a cell. Hmm. And there was a riot in 1887 that resulted in multiple deaths of inmates. There were several escapees that ended up, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that they may have been killed, uh, and then there's also a very old cemetery right at the bottom of the hill from the prison that, rumor has it, inmates were buried there. Uh, this prison, they they were not very kind. Not that there are many kind prisons, but uh, they um, they would punish and abuse the inmates. Um, there was a... There's a paranormal report that comes from a dark cell, which was just a pitch black, wicked dack cell. Uh, It was used to punish inmates who broke the rules. And inmates were forced to basically get naked and they would chain them in this cell, which was unnecessary. You know, it's very small and black. They're not going anywhere. And guards would throw in scorpions. Because they would glow. And they said that, like, that, here's your light. Here's your source of light. Do scorpions even glow? I mean, not to me. Um, Hmm. I'm not sure. Not sure of the science behind that. (laughs) Um, But many people have heard um, screams. They've heard or felt. like gusts of cold wind, which, I mean, to me, whenever you're in an atmosphere like that, that's built with, you know, stone and brick, the temperature is going to be cooler. But who's to say? People are still feeling cold spots here and there. The executive director of the Yuma Crossing Historical State Park, which is the official name, uh, he says that while he oversees the prison complex, it's, it's a lot of fun. So I'm not sure what fun he's talking about, but there are a bunch of tours. Uh, Ghost Adventures has been, has visited here. I'd like to watch that episode. Um, I guess there's support for this, for this park. I guess we'll call it a park from all over the world. Like people send money from Canada and Germany. Like they visit the place and they're like, you know what? I am going to just give you guys money to keep this place up and running because it's great. Which is odd to me, but to each their own. So yeah, if you want to go get your ass pinched by a little girl in red, go to Yuma <laughs> Territorial Prison. Who doesn't? 
Love wow. that. Sign me up. Uh, all right. I got another spooky hotel for y'all. Mm, okay. This is the Copper Queen Hotel in Bisbee. So Bisbee itself is super spooky. So we'll have to revisit Arizona at some point so we can dive further into Bisbee. But we actually had a listener story that featured the Copper Queen Hotel from Allison in the second Google Talk installment, which was a while ago. But oh, yes. I have always thought about the Copper Queen. I knew about it before Allison's story. And then today I was like, oh my gosh, I got to go full out. And then listeners can backtrack to Ghoul Talk too and hear Allison's story as well. But uh, this place is actually known for being Arizona's longest continuously operated hotel. So it's been around for a minute. It was constructed between 1898 and 1902 by the Phelps Dodge Corporation to serve as lodging for investors and dignitaries visiting the nearby copper mines. So the Copper Queen is said to be haunted, as you know, you could guess, as I'm going to tell you about it. But it's been featured on two of our go-to paranormal investigation shows. Uh, It's in the Mm. third season of Ghost Hunters and the sixth season of Ghost Adventures. So make sure you check out those apps. Anyway, it's old. It's spooky. So the most prominent ghost is that of a woman. They think that she was probably in her 30s. And her name is Julia Lowell. So it's said that she was a sex worker in the 1920s and 30s. And she used the hotel for her and her clients. So she lived there and then she'd bring her clients there. It's said, the story goes, she fell madly in love with one of her clients. And when she told him of her feelings, he was like, yeah, no, that's not what I'm here for. So he cut it off. He told her he no longer wanted to see her. And she took her own life at the hotel. Dang. Sad. Very sad. Because a lot of times these sex workers were hoping to find their, like, husband through this work, which sometimes happened, but usually it didn't. So this poor Julia. Uh, Now guests and staff at the hotel say that they feel her presence on the second and third floors of the west side of the building. So it's said that the third floor is actually where um, sex workers would bring their clients. So it would make sense that she's probably up there. Male staff and guests have often reported hearing a female voice whispering in their ear, which is spooky. And others have reported seeing her dancing provocatively at the foot of the stairs. Oh, girl. So she's out here getting it. She's still still on turn It Emily? Yeah, Emily. I'm like, what? She's ready to get her groove on. There is just that shoulder move at the bottom of the stairs. Yes. (laughs) Have I ever told y'all about how my dance teacher told my mom that I could not shimmy? So she made me come home and do it for literal hours (laughs) until I could. (laughs) All right. Shelly's a dance mom. It's child abuse. For real. Dance (laughs) mom. Speaking of children, there is the entity of a young boy at the hotel. He's said to be eight or nine years old, and he likes to play on the third floor and in the dining room. He's said to be a bit of a rascal. 
He likes to hide people's belongings. So they'll be searching high and low, and then it will randomly appear back where they thought they left it originally. Uh Uh-huh. Guests have also heard him start to cry when they run the water in the bathtub, and they've seen him wrapped in a towel. So I'm thinking maybe he was drowned. Oh, no. Which is so sad. Uh, children see him a lot, though, and they'll see him in the dining room underneath their tables like he's trying to play with them. No, 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 no. <laughs> but kids don't think anything of it. Kids don't realize that there's anything weird. They're just like, Mom, there's a little boy under the table, and their parents are like, you're full of shit. Exactly. But no. it's him. That's a deep fear. <laughs> That's a deep fear. <laughs> There's also the apparition of an older gentleman. They say he's quite dignified. He's described by witnesses as being tall with long hair and a beard. He's dressed in a fine black suit, complete with a black cape and a top hat. Emily. Hello. Here's looking at you. He said he thinks you're hot. Well, we're in the same hotel, clearly. I'm dancing for him at the bottom of the stairs, waiting for my man in the cape. What is love? <laughs> he appears in the lobby and on the stairway and in rooms located on the fourth floor in the southeast corner. Witness- witnesses have also caught the aroma of cigar smoke before or after seeing him. So he's, he's a like, fancy lad. What a gentleman. He's super fancy. There's also a lady dressed in black. She looks like she's in a turn of the century evening gown and she's been seen walking up and down the grand staircase. When, like, she's on the way to the dining room, and then she disappears. This staircase is, like, there's got to be something going on with it that's trapping energy. Because a lot of these entities are seen on the stairwell. Really weird. Do you think that they used to party? Maybe. On the stairwell? Maybe. Could have been, like, a Titanic situation where, like, everybody met on the stairwell. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah, I'm seeing, like, a grand grand staircase. Uh, there's also a reddish brown haired solid apparition of a young woman. They think she's in her early twenties and she has Mm. appeared to front desk employees in the dining room from the waist up. So that's all they see of her, but she's super solid. They said her hair (laughs) is in a bun. She, she looks super (laughs) solid. So she, she, like, no, they said that, like, you can't see through her. She looks like a person, but her bottom half isn't there. Uh, Super weird, right? Um, <laughs> but they say her hair is up in a bun. She's wearing a nineteen, an early 1900s era high-collar blouse. And they've also occasionally heard the sound of a woman walking through the dining room and the sound of a long skirt dragging across the the floor so that's okay that's maybe where her other half is just out on its own Mm. you know oh yeah could be right there are a lot more ghosts but there's one final one that i'll talk about and they the staff refer to him as howard he was a (laughs) former employee back in 1910 and they say that he checks up on the hotel employees to see how they're doing so they say that they often get calls from what sounds like a disembodied voice asking specifically for Howard. So I don't know if someone's calling for Howard or if he is calling and saying, this is me. I'm Howard. It's hard to say. 
<laughs> but they say they've also felt a presence lurking over their shoulders as if someone is overseeing their work. So they'll be like writing a note in the office or taking reservations at the front desk and they just feel someone is behind them. They turn around. Nobody is there. So people say it's Howard. And yeah, that's the Copper Queen. It doesn't play games. Apparently it's so active that people like are upset if nothing does happen to them. So it's super common to get spooked. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. Super interesting. I have another hotel. Is that cool? (laughs) This one's Hotel San Carlos, located in Phoenix, Arizona. This one's pretty spooky too, you guys. And known for a pretty crazy story. So it was built in March. It was built March 28, 1928. And was one of, like, the finest accommodations in the Southwest. So a bunch of, like, celebs, notable people. One of my fave celebs from back in the day, Carol Lombard, stayed there. Marilyn Monroe stayed there. So, like, it's a hot spot for, like, the people. It's a nice place. But in about two short months of it opening, it was going to make the front and center headlines of the news because of of a tragedy that happened. And only two months in, so it became, like, known to be haunted, like, immediately out the gate, which is pretty exciting, I'd say. So on May 7th, 1928, this woman named Leon Jensen, she uh, was in her room, and she ended up taking out some paper from the little desk. You know how they give you that little paper, you know, in your room, and Mm -hmm. the little pen you write on? I guess they did this back in the 20s, too, because the girl had some. (laughs) And she wrote down on this paper, she wrote an apology to the manager of the hotel, you guys. She was going to be checking out early, and she wasn't going to be able to pay her bill. Oh, yeah, girl. But don't worry, she said, because the coroner would take care of it for her because she had $5 on her that he would end up getting. She also wrote several other letters, some to friends, and one that was like a detailed request for her funeral. Like she wrote like a whole thing out about like what she wanted, a tan dress. She wanted like like or, like or an orchestra. She wanted two girls singing. Same. You know, she, it was very detailed request. A tan dress. What a color. I think maybe she looked good in tan. That's a choice because I don't really <laughs> love know many neutral. people who look good in tan. <laughs> I don't, I don't. <laughs> Truly. Um, so once she was done with this, she uh, she ascended to the stairs and uh, went to the roof and ended up jumping to her death. The police came out at like 2 in the morning because they heard, they heard the you know, mm-hmm. her dying and her scream, which is crazy. And so they like found her right away. And ever since then, the hotel was just like noted for it. You know, everybody knew it as the place where this girl died. And so ever since everybody sees her walking around and of course, guess what she's wearing? She's not in a tan dress. Oh, damn. No. I was waiting for I the know. tan dress. <laughs> <laughs> Who betrayed she's, her? Oh, exactly. Uh, who didn't listen to the note? She's wearing white, man. I'm like, girl, oh, come God. on. But she's wearing white. And she, too, likes to stand at the end of people's beds. But she just likes to stare, which I think is terrifying. Not 
Cool, ma'am. Right. Also, theory on the dress. Maybe it was tan and it's bleached with age. Ooh, yeah. It's been a long time. You know, she's been haunting a long time. So this could be what went down. But honestly, you guys, somebody standing at the end of my bed watching me is like one of the most terrifying things. I told you guys. Hasn't that already happened to you? (laughs) No, but growing up, my dad used to tell me ghost stories when I would go to bed about Piggy and Witchy and how Piggy and Witchy would stand at the end of my bed and and Piggy was this little boy from like the 1930s, 20s or something and then Witchy was his nanny. And so yeah, ever Your dad since, wasn't like, wrong. terrified. So this girl Leon Leon's got me scared. The end of the bed is a spooky place. I will not lie to you. Right. True. Like any ghost out there if you want to get me, that's it. Or underneath my table. This is is related, but slightly off topic, but spooky. So people will probably enjoy it. But my aunt lives in Ohio and she's got this spooky house. I've always had bad vibes from it. But her neighbor across the street had like demonic activity. I'm talking like crucifixes flipping upside down, TV is shattering. Anyway, though, one night... The woman across the street woke up because she felt like someone was watching her from the end of the bed. She's the only person home. She like woke up, turned on her lamp, and at the end of the bed there were hand marks no. in mud, like no. someone oh had been God. pulled down her bed. Isn't that terrifying? Like it looked like someone was like so grabbing at the bed trying to hold on while someone was pulling them. Uh-uh. It was just like muddy hands <sighs> slid down the end of her bed. I want to vomit. No, thank you. Yeah. And the beds are spooky, y'all. Oh my gosh, so scary. I'm gonna I'm going to have nightmares tonight. Oh sorry. All right. The San Carlos. <laughs> There's another ghost that haunts haunts San Carlos. And this one's um this one's very relevant. It's that of a little girl, and uh, she is said to sit in rooms at night and just cry. Um, some people Same. say though, <laughs> right? That's why. That's why it's relevant. It's because we're all just sitting in our rooms and crying. But people say that it's because they think she was one of the area children that was affected by all the school closings due to the flu epidemic. And I'm oh, like, my again, Lord. same. You know. So yeah. That's that girl. And then there's another, there's, there was another tragedy. Um, there was a death in 2004 where an unidentified man ended up jumping to his death from the hotel. So this place brings a lot of negative energy, I'd say. And uh, I read on TripAdvisor, there was a person who said that they would never go back. They had to leave because they were so scared. So... That is, yeah. Linda's like all over leaving stuff on TripAdvisor. We love the TripAdvisor. We got to tell the people what's what. I love it. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Before we go. Yeah. This isn't as spooky as it is informative. Oh, good. If you want to head on over to Sedona. I know we mentioned Sedona briefly during the Q&A. I love Sedona. 
So Sedona vortexes. Have you all heard of vortexes? Yeah, we know a vortex. Mm -hmm. We know, we know her. We know her. We know a vortex. So uh, I flew out to Sedona in 2011 and I hiked Cathedral Rock and then also hiked some or climbed some caves. I don't remember the name, but at that park, I met my first tarantula. He was just all by his lonesome out on the road. Mm -mm. Um, Yeah, that's just a little fun fact. But if you've been to Sedona, uh, you've most definitely heard of the vortexes. It's it's the hot topic. Some people even travel to Sedona specifically for these vortexes. So from my experience, um, they look like, you know, twisted tree trunks. Uh, You know, they're spiraled and... Um, you know it's a vortex because there aren't any, um, there's nothing to blame for this warped, this warpness, <laughs> new word. You know, this wasn't caused by like a natural disaster or some something that it um, caused the, the tree to grow in a different way. Um, but they signify an energy field, as we know. Uh, many claim that uh, vortexes or an area that is heavy with vortexes, like Sedona is, um, is associated with increased paranormal activity or they are known as gateways uh, for supernatural and interdimensional beings. No, heck um, yeah. Right? And so I think it's safe to say it's, you know, a metaphysical belief. Um, one theory is that the vortexes are the intersections of natural electromagnetic earth energy, also known as the ley lines and am i pronouncing that correctly yeah i think we've talked about these before yeah but it's basically like a grid pattern by drawing connected lines between like um stone circles ancient monuments and they're they're all connected by these lines uh the four best known sedona vortexes are found at airport mesa cathedral rock where i've been uh bell rock and boynton cannon And the direction of the energy varies at each of these locations. So the energy can either be flowing up into the sky or down into the earth. And it all depends on the the twist or the warpness uh, of the the tree. So I was doing a little bit of of reading. And a graduate of MIT, Pete A. Sanders, Jr., he has written um, some books on vortexes. And he basically takes like a scientific approach and he says that you can't really say, you can't really explain vortexes using the electromagnetic theory or confirm the ley line theory. Uh, So you have to kind of think outside the box. So Sanders says that, you know, the dimensions that we are aware of, you know, time and three dimensions, um, these are only four of 10 or more dimensions. So physicists use like uh, super string theory and, you know, they basically say there are many more dimensions that people realize. And we've been kind of hearing about that uh, recently in the news and whatnot. Um, But his argument, Pete Sanders, um, basically says that uh, spiritual energies flow like 
thermal wind currents, and he advocates using everyday vortexes in meditation and healing. And his perspective is that there is a mind-body connection and that the search for spiritual strength and healing is more important than the quest to find current reality or the hard facts to explain vortexes. So the significance of the, the vortexes and how they are able to help the, the soul and the body uh, he thinks that is more important than trying to find hard black and white evidence as to uh, why they exist in the first place. Uh, vortexes are not new. And of course, like everything else in this country, began with the OG Native Americans, uh, including the Navajo, Yavapoi, or Yava, Yavapai, and the, the Hopi, the Hopi, the Hopi Indians. Uh, Hopi. Long, he's the Hopi. Um, long before Sedona's vortexes were even acknowledged. Um, but they honored the land in this area, and they used them only for a sacred ceremony. So it's, it's a big deal. you got to be very respectful. Uh, when you come close to a vortex, uh, you might experience a shift in energy and vibration, uh, if you're attuned to that. Uh, you might feel a tingling of the hands. You might have hyper-awareness, change of perception. I can say, thinking back, I did experience something along these lines when I went to Cathedral Rock. However, I've also experienced this at other places around the world, so I can't necessarily say it's due to a vortex. I think maybe it has more so to do with being in a new a new place that is outside and it's magnificent and I'm elated with nature and possibly at a higher altitude, so I'm not getting enough oxygen. <laughs> um so that's that's my theory as to why I I felt uh, this strangeness when coming close to the vortexes. But if you are in Arizona or near Sedona, I suggest you go to one of these spots. Cathedral Rock is beautiful, and just check out the vortexes. If you if you meditate, sit your ass down and just enjoy and and just just let the vortex help you. Get sucked into it. that vortex, baby. Get sucked. Can, can you walk away <laughs> with like a twisted spine? Can people can people get, twisted get lost in, vor- in a vortex? Can they disappear in a vortex? I mean, possibly. I mean, it's it's thought of it could be some type of door mm-hmm. or realm where things can can enter. I'm not sure if things can disappear, but there's definitely, I mean, heck, there are, are many posts uh, in the paranormal subreddit on Reddit that say vortexes can be, can be the cause of some, some missing peoples, but, but you never know. Yeah, there hasn't cause... been many like reported mm-hmm. people missing in this area. If that's, if that answers the question. It's hmm. good to know. Have you guys ever seen that movie, uh, Picnic at Hanging Rock from 1975? Okay. Did they remake that recently? I think they did, but the original is perfection, so I don't know about the remake. They don't think they ever say. I think it's actually probably shouldn't say anything about it if people want to watch it. But, like, I mean, the bottom line, you know the girls disappear. They go to this hanging rock, Mm -hmm. and there's three girls that are maybe five that take off and like three of them disappear and they never return. <gasps> it us. I, I posted this photo recently and someone said, this is giving me picnic at hanging rock vibes. And I was oh. like, I've never seen that. But then it's- I looked it up and 
the stills I was seeing from the movie, I was like, oh my God, this is gorgeous and you totally my vibe. Love it. You would love so it. You would love it. The aesthetic that. of it is very, yeah. you would love that. Yeah. I mean, it's from the 1900s. So what they're wearing, the fact that they're outdoors Ooh. the whole time and lounging is a very vibe kind of movie. That, that's my vibe. Yeah. You should watch it. Is it, it. campy? No. Or no, because it's supposed to be even older. Okay. Yeah. I'm writing this down. I love that. Picnic at Hanging Rock. Mm-hmm. And it's a li- it is spooky because you're like, what is happening? There's something telling me I'm supposed to be watching this movie. You really this should. This is the second time I've heard about it in like a week. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm looking well, it up right now. Okay. There you have it, y'all. Arizona is spooky AF. Mm. Yes. Now I'm even more excited to return to Arizona when I can safely travel. Yeah. I know. I can't wait. One day. Love it. Your homework or your assignment is to go to at least one of the spots that we mentioned. Oh, for sure. For sure. I'm getting that for sure. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) Good. That's what they could say, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. As far as I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not hip anymore. I don't know. The last time I tried to be cool, my sister and her friends were like, bitch, no. So. (laughs) I love it. (sighs) We try next time. Stay spooky.